Welcome to Mexico Unexplained, where we will explore the magic, the mysteries, and the miracles of Mexico. This series presents information based partly on theory and conjecture. The podcaster's purpose is to suggest some possible explanation, but not necessarily the only ones to the subjects we will examine. Here is your host, Robert Bito. Welcome and muy bienvenidos to episode number five of Mexico Unexplained where we explore the magic, the mysteries, and the miracles of Mexico. I'm Robert Pitto. Today we're going to talk about Day of the Dead. It's going to be an overview of the holiday. The back translation in the United States for this holiday is Dia de los Muertos. In Mexico, they call it Dia de Muertos or Dia de Difuntos. It is celebrated in the beginning of November, but just because it's at that time of the year and involves happy skeletons, the holiday has nothing to do with zombie movies, devil worship, voodoo, and it is not the Mexican Halloween. The only thing that traditional Day of the Dead has in common with Halloween is that it is syncretic. That is, it blends older pagan beliefs with Christianity. There have been some Halloween elements that have crept into the holiday from the north, but that only has been recent, with the flow of returning migrants and the overpowering nature of American culture in the age of globalization. I will spend most of my time here talking about the traditional celebrations as found in Mexico, and will make some comments about some of the overflow seen in the United States, especially within the last 20 years. The original basis of the holiday dates back possibly thousands of years, and it is rooted in the pre-Hispanic cultures of central and southern Mexico. The Aztecs were the big kids on the block when the Spanish first arrived, and throughout their vast empire they honored the goddess Mictecacahuatl, informally known as Lady Death, at the beginning of the summer. Yes, The celebrations included human sacrifice, and individuals constructed altars to honor the dead, primarily by giving offerings of skulls made of a mixture of cornmeal and animal blood. The Spanish knew they could not wipe out these traditions entirely, so they moved the Lady Death celebration so that it aligned better with the Catholic calendar, and thus the new Day of the Dead was born on All Souls Day and All Saints Day. The more indigenous the community, the more of the older traditions were kept. The more European the community, the more traditionally Catholic the celebrations. You can see this to this day throughout central and southern Mexico. I keep mentioning central and southern Mexico. It's important to note how regional this holiday is. The largest states in Mexico, Sonora and Chihuahua, have no history of the holiday because the Aztec Empire did not extend that far north. We'll return to that later. So, how exactly is this holiday celebrated? It varies from place to place, but there are some common threads and themes. A few days before Day of the Dead, people start to build altars or ofrendas in their homes to honor those who have passed. There are a lot of books out now on Day of the Dead, and the books usually show elaborate altars that take up most of an entire room that have cost a fortune to build. That's a little over the top for most people in Mexico. If you've ever seen an ofrenda, it's pretty simple and it includes some basic elements. Usually a tablecloth to make it nice, 
mementos of loved ones such as personal keepsakes and photos. There's lots of religious iconography like statues and pictures of the saints or the Virgin Mary. And there's a lot of flowers usually. Depending on the availability of flowers, they are primarily a Mexican variety of marigold. In the old vernacular, they're called cempasuchil, or they use other flowers that are in season or available. On the two days that make up the holiday, incense is also burned at the altar. The incense usually comes from the sap of the copal tree. They say that the incense combined with the smell of the marigolds is supposed to produce a mild high in the inhaler. But I've been in the presence of several altars myself with the incense and the flowers, and it really has no effect on me, but that could just be me. Also, closer to the holiday, food is placed on the altar, usually the favorite foods of the person who's passed. All of this is done so that the deceased will feel welcome enough to return to earth on these few days to be with their loved ones. Day of the Dead is huge for crafts. I know a lot about this because I've been collecting holiday-related crafts for over 25 years, and I've been an importer for my business for 17 of those 25 years. Nowadays, crafts are plentiful online and are available year-round. Deep in the heart of Mexico, however, the best crafts are made in October, right before the holiday. The crafts are sold to people who are going to use them to decorate their altars or in their homes, and they come in various forms. Some are long-lasting and some are ephemeral and only made to last a few days, like the cut tissue paper strands called papel picado, or Catrina's skeleton ladies made out of papel tissue paper. I think some of you may have seen these types of ladies with their skirts unfurling into the colorful tissue paper. Clay-happy skeleton figures are meant to amuse the spirits and entertain the living, especially kids. These crafts take as many forms as anyone can imagine. I've seen everything in my course of collecting and buying. Another major craft whipped up right before the holiday is the sugar skull. In Mexico, they're made of sugar and egg whites. We use meringue powder here in the States because we're afraid of touching the egg whites. We might get salmonella poisoning. You can always tell which ones are made with egg whites because they're the ones that shine. They're not meant to be eaten, these sugar skulls. They're nice to look at and they give off a sweet smell for the spirits. The whole tradition of sugar skulls was introduced to replace that tradition I spoke of earlier of skulls made of cornmeal and blood. Alfenique is the proper name for this kind of sugar craft and it originated among a religious order in Sicily right after the Muslims were kicked out and a few centuries before the Aztec conquest. It was brought by the Catholic clergy to Mexico. While you're not supposed to eat the sugar skulls, they're as hard as a brick. There are special foods available in the marketplaces in Mexico that you can actually eat at this time of year. Chocolate skulls and lollipops are everywhere, and they taste just like what modern chocolate would taste like, like Hershey bars or something like that. There is also pan de muerto, dead bread, that is served at this time. 
It usually takes the form of a skull or a skull and crossbones even, like a pirate ship flag. It's typical of pan dulce in Mexico in that it really isn't that sweet and it's not really that distinctive. Depending on where you are during the holiday, there are usually religious processions that lead to the church that are followed by a mass. Many of these religious celebrations are are then followed up with all-night vigils in the cemeteries that are often very festive with food, drink, and music. As I said before, the celebrations vary depending on where you are. Day of the Dead in Potsgoro, for example, will be different from the same holiday celebrated in Oaxaca or Veracruz. People spend a big chunk of their yearly income on this holiday. Day of the Dead celebrations are relatively new in the United States. In fact, you would be hard-pressed to find any celebration that dates back to before 1995 anywhere, even in the places like the Southwest with large Mexican immigrant or Mexican-American populations. I have a lot of experience with the American version of this holiday through the import store I owned in Phoenix for 10 years. At one point, my annual Day of the Dead celebration was the biggest one in the entire city, complete with live music, food, and a community altar. Now it seems that every municipality in central Arizona, in southern California, and in New Mexico and Texas has their own festival going on, if not more than one. Day of the Dead was a relatively new import to Phoenix in the late 1990s when I was there. At that time, most of the Mexican-American population, I'd say over 90% of them, had roots in the border state of Sonora, which had no tradition of the holiday. So a lot of the people who started celebrating the holiday had no family history of celebrating it. And we're talking about hundreds of years of their family being Mexican and no history of celebrating this holiday at all. I had other Mexican-Americans coming into my store asking me where in the heck this holiday even came from. One lady I remember distinctly said that she thought it was some gabacho invention or some plot and it wasn't really Mexican because she had no experience with the holiday in her family. She said she never celebrated it as a little girl who grandma never celebrated. Where in the heck did it come from? The popularity of Day of the Dead seemed to rise with the Latino consciousness that was just taking off in the 1990s. And a lot of Latinos were drawn to Day of the Dead as some sort of a cultural expression. I found it pretty ironic that I, a gringo, was quizzed by a local TV station's programming manager as to how qualified I was to talk about Day of the Dead in my own shop on camera. The TV manager even asked me if I had a Latino employee that could do the interview in the store instead of me. The irony here is that even if I had a Latino employee at the time, he or she would probably have had a lot less experience with the holiday than I did. Even though culture is shared, my knowledge through direct experience in Mexico was not enough, but I did get the TV spot eventually because there wasn't a store in Phoenix quite like mine and someone at the station who knew me and knew my shop eventually persuaded that programming manager to put me on the air and they didn't regret it either. This brings up an interesting sociological phenomenon called dissociated acculturation. 
It's when a culturally stripped minority group looks to the dominant cultural group as to how they are supposed to behave culturally. I saw this with the second-generation Mexican-American artists in Phoenix. Not one of them had a tradition of Day of the Dead in their families. Not one. And I knew most of them personally. But they were all thinking that since they were Mexican, they were expected to be experts in this holiday and to produce art of this theme. What happened was that people who were not Hispanic were looking to them as experts, even though these artists learned about the holiday the same way the gringos did, by reading stuff on the internet. I will never forget my disappointment sitting next to a crafter at a fair. Her table was overflowing with beautiful, happy skeleton crafts that she made herself. She was a wonderful artist in her own right. Some blonde woman approached her table and asked her what was with all the skeletons. Her reply was that the crafts were for Day of the Dead. When the blonde woman asked further, Well, what's that? The artist said, It's the Mexican Halloween. Ah! It's almost as disappointing as a famous Mexican-American mask maker going on TV as an expert saying that Day of the Dead is a holiday that mocks death because Mexicans are not afraid of death. That's not only culturally wrong, that's wrong from the standpoint of human instinct. These people should know better, but then again, maybe they shouldn't. Culture is shared and learned, and there is always more to learn. In fact, in future podcasts, I plan on looking at other elements of Day of the Dead, the altar, the different foods, and so on, And I'll pick them apart and give them a longer exposition. I just wanted to do a simple, quick and dirty podcast about this holiday to give everybody a background. And I'll refer to this as I produce the other shows. That's all for today. Thank you very much for tuning in once again. I appreciate all of the support and the feedback. So please... Let me know how I'm doing, good or bad. Thank you. Gracias. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Mexico Unexplained with host Robert Bitto. For show summary, relevant links and commentary, please check out our website at mexicounexplained.com. Like us on Facebook and be a part of the conversation. Adios and hasta la vista.